Welcome to This Dev Life, the podcast for developers, where we talk about the daily life of developers, challenges we face, and how we overcome these challenges every single day. Join me and let's have fun together. Are you looking to start a podcast like this? Anchor makes it super easy to get started with recording and automatically distributing your podcast to the most popular platforms all for free. You can create podcasts from your phone, computers, or bring in pre-recorded episodes and overlay them with free background tracks. Make money easily with no minimum listenership requirement. It is the podcast platform for all. Download the free app today from your app stores or go to anchor.fm to get started. people good day good afternoon good evening whatever time you're listening to this podcast or watching this video from i hope you're having fun and staying safe this season i'm here again with yet another exciting guest on today's episode of this dev life but before we get into the show today if this is your first time please go ahead and subscribe so you get notified when we post new episode of this podcast it's a really interesting one you can go and listen to the past episodes and the interesting stuff we've got going on so go ahead like subscribe and share with your friends now to the main show for the day i have an interesting friend on the show uh you probably hardly ever see his face thank god there was opportunity to see his face just once in my entire life uh you can see him so mr akindela sultan welcome on the Please show do. how you doing try hello there yeah so let's good go ahead afternoon, and meet good morning you. good evening good night <laughs> okay right, so my name is sultan akindela sultan i'm a developer kind of like a wide range I do a little bit of front-end, back-end. I've dabbled in mobile also for a while. There was even a time I was so interested in focusing on DevOps. I mean, some people would say DevOps is not a very dev language, but then development and operation is still very important. So, oh yeah, people call it cloud security, am I right? So I think that's the name, that's the main common name now. So I run one of the, one of, one of the amazing non-profits in Africa called Dev Career. I'm also the co-founder of TalentQL. TalentQL is a talent outsourcing company in Africa. And what else again do I do? What again do I do? I'm also an ambassador at Gun for the Web. I've been working with the team from Mozilla Coil and Cozy Commons to actually introduce folks in Africa to web monetization. I've been I've been working with the team from Mozilla and Coil for a few months now and it's been really interesting. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it about me. Yeah, I, I wanted to know that you introduced me to monetization on the web. So I make some couple of sense here and there on my podcast and videos. So he's one of the people that made that happen for me. <laughs> thanks very much for that. Now, yeah, thanks, for, thanks for being an early, early adopter. <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, one of the things that uh, actually made me know you is one of the initiatives you started, uh, was it last year or last two years? There's a laptop for developers program yeah, where you give out uh, laptops yeah, to right. developers and all that. Uh, so what's, what was actually the core motivation behind uh, such an initiative for you? Well, sincerely, it was by chance. It was not as if I had it all figured out when it started. It was luck, chance, and let's just say I was a little bit privileged. So what actually 
brought everything up was a friend reached out to me. She she needed a laptop and someone gave her money for laptop on Twitter. And she was like, oh, this is some person which I've never met, by the way. Gave me this certain amount to get a laptop. This is like 90% of the amount I need. Could you help me with the 10? Oh, wait, what? Let's forget about the 10% you're asking for. Who gave you money? <laughs> I was like, oh, somebody is a developer on Twitter. I was like, wait, wow. How long have you been needing this data? She said, it has, I've needed it for a very long time and there's no way for me to afford it. I mean, one thing about Nigeria and majorly most African countries, we are not really that privileged when it comes to buying that debt because we don't have that luxury of paying instrumentally. So you, you want to buy anything, you go to the store and you're paying cash. I mean, if you're in the US, in the UK, you could always pay over a long period of time, two years, one year. So when you see anybody using a MacBook Pro in Nigeria or an iPhone or, an, or Samsung mobile, it's definitely being paid for in cash at once. So it's sometimes it's not really comfortable. And therefore, I'm not really financially stable enough mm-hmm. to go to the store and get a PC at once. So at that particular point in time, a friend of mine happens to be in that situation. I mean, my story is totally different because I, I was born in that situation. I mean, I spent years in that situation on my mobile, on my mobile phone. And I think we were focusing on the path that led to the, uh, the creation of laptops for developers. So what I did was I came online and I was like, oh, if you need one laptop, I guess you need, of course, you need laptops. How about I try and fundraise a million naira? A million naira is close to, let's say, $3,200. Let's say a million, a million naira and... Is it, is it up to that no? Definitely about just $3,000. Max. Probably 2008. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. That was that time, yeah. 19, and I'm like, exactly. So it's probably just 2008 or so, 2005. The dollar was $3,16 or $3,80 back then. Alright, so I came on last, like, I found a million dollars to buy laptops for 10 people, and that was just it. I mean, the idea was just to buy the laptop and just give it to 10 people. Nothing more. Then people started asking questions like, oh, what would happen when you give them the laptop? And tons of questions started coming out. Oh, how are you sure that they will laptop for the item? That aside, the other part was that over a thousand people, in the, in the span of about 24 hours, over a thousand people reached out to me. I was like, oh, please let me be one of the 10 people. Hmm. And I was like, wait, a lot of people actually need laptop for development, self-development this much. I mean, it was like, oh, let me just get 10 and I was hoping, sincerely, low-key, I was hoping that, oh, I would probably get just 300,000 just buy for three. And maybe just a few people would show up. I had no idea that we were even going to go that far. So the, the numbers were pouring in and I had to see that, oh, beyond my own, should I say, my own view, my own range of view, my own perspective, quite a lot of people are actually suffering the same issues. And I think this is more like a national problem. So I was like, okay, how about we do this and try and put a structure around everything. So helping the GoFundMe with the goal of getting £5,000 and actually helping out 20 developers at the end. That was the goal. The goal was to get £5,000 and support 20 developers. But this time, I've, I've decided to put a structure around it where it's not just going to be giving out laptop. It's going to be giving out laptop, providing them with mentorship, providing them with courses and also internet and electricity. I mean, that's pretty much everything you need. You get an internet and electricity, you get mentorship, you get a course, and now you get the hardware. So I factored that in. I was like, okay, let's do five thousand pounds, and it took us three months to raise that five hundred pounds. And to me, it looks totally unachievable. I mean, for the first week, we had was it two pounds in donation? <laughs> two pounds or three pounds for the first week, the first seven days, we had three pounds in donation. 
the first two weeks we had no money from Nigeria at all. At all for the first two weeks, and we had it was I was almost giving up. Like, oh, I really don't think this will work out. And that's just how it goes. And well, the nation started coming in, and in three months we raised the five thousand pounds. And thanks to the developer community on Twitter, and we, we started the whole process. So it, it was. So it was getting to a very tough stage because now you have the money and people expect you to deliver. I mean, so you don't want to come around and tell people that, oh, I gave out the laptops for the people I gave it to run away. Mm. I don't know, it's, it's going to sound, it's really sound ridiculous. <laughs> that's where the issue of your own credibility comes into play. So what I did was we had to divide the program into three different stages. The first stage is, of course, we know the fundraising stage where we spent three months fundraising £5,000. Why the second stage was the selection stage. Okay, we now have this money. We can afford to buy these laptops for 20 people. And we can afford to give them courses and pay for their ops. But how do we pick the right people? So we started selection. It took a while. Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm with you. Oh, okay, okay. But it kind of looked like before. Yeah. And so we decided to say, okay, let's pick let's pick people based on various criteria. So we started testing. We gave people assessments, IQ tests, a little uh, fundamental coding test, just to make sure we sort the very best of the best that deserve this opportunity. And at the end, we ended up picking 22 people. Mm. I think about seven was female, which is a little bit part of my own fault because I did not pay substantial efforts or amount of time into making sure that the numbers were balanced. Mm. So we did that and the 22 people that came on board, we had them in Lagos, Abuja and Oyo State. In Iowa State, we partnered with the hub called Ops 67. In Lagos State, we partnered with two hubs, one on the mainland and the other on the, other on the island. And we had Impact Hub on the island, and Sisi Hub on the mainland. Right in Abuja, we partnered with Innovation Hub. So we were able to make sure that the opportunity is to a fair degree evenly distributed, mm-hmm. not just Lagos. When it comes to tech opportunities in Nigeria, Lagos is only a Exactly. So we were able to actually spread it across different locations. And I'm glad that the 10 people that started, all of them finished. Mm. I, mean, I think it, it takes, it takes should I say, a considerable amount of effort to have 10 people in a program and all the other 10 would finish. But I think that was because we had a very tough selection stage. I mean, over 4,000 people applied and we were only going to pick 22. So we did, we did a lot of selection stage. We had an aptitude test, the coding test, the physical interview. We did a physical interview in all locations for everybody that qualified before we actually be top 22 that would come into the program. So the thought, and right now, I think they finished the last one was on March. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the dates exactly, but I think the last court finished on the 14th of November last year, 2019. And well, immediately a week before we finished, one of the developers already got a job offer. And as of now, about 19 of them are now working in companies. So I think the, the way we would classify the sources of Dev Career, oh yeah, that's the name, Dev Career. So laptop for developer happens to be a hashtag and code. But then when we wanted to register the non-profit, we registered the name Dev Career, Developer's Career. And our website is devcareer.io, D-E-V-C-A-R-W-E-R.io. So we, we thank we thank the developer community on that and we finished the first thoughts pretty much amazing. It was tough. We had freelance, I said freelance, we had volunteer mentors, volunteer coordinators and so on. It was pretty hectic, but then I'm glad that we were able to calculate that the success of the program 
there's no, no longer lies in the numbers of the developers with you. But in how many lives and how many, should I say, how many, how many of you are able to forge a career path mm-hmm. in that particular yeah. trade? Yeah. We could always say, oh, between 20, between 40, between 50. But how many of those 20, 40, 50 actually now have a career intake because of the program? I mean, there are a lot of training programs that people go to, and at the end, they come out still nothing. So that's why we're always trying to keep the numbers small to what we can manage. We finished the first cohort pretty well, and we started the second cohort with the goal of training 50 developers. We were going to fundraise 10,000 pounds, and luckily, thanks to the developer community again, we fundraised about 19,800 pounds. That was that was cool for like 100% extra. I'm telling you, I mean, we still had, we had donations from amazing folks like Java Champion and the Jones, AWS developer advocates, Nada Dabit. We had donations from you, Dara. We had donations from you. Yeah, and you, I should have mentioned this also. Thank you very much for your support on the first course. You were part of the Nigerians who actually supported the program from the first course. Thank you very much. So, we've had, we had donations from Jack Dorsey, the congruent CEO of Twitter. We had donations. A lot of amazing people, Sega Glashna, Tejas Kuma. We had a lot of nations from the hotel where you are. You should not have Of course, of course. So, the co founder of Eden Life. So, he was the one who even actually initiated the donations for the first cohort, given us a million naira to start up the donations for the first cohort. Thank you very much, Prosper. So, we will the second cohort. Yeah, sorry, second cohort on that. So, we were lucky. We we picked 50 people in total but the amazing thing now is that the 50 people are actually coming from four different african countries we now have folks in nigeria in ghana in kenya and zambia so it was it was really amazing and yeah the 50 people was 25 minutes and 25 years yeah i think i mean i could continue talking more <laughs> about how the program is going on but i don't think we'll finish here yeah uh, so, yeah so thank you very much yeah and i and i think the the folks that come out of those programs i met i've met a couple of them one of them is actually working on some stuff for me uh currently and it's really it's really nice the level of excellence that they put into the kind of work they do it shows the the process that they've gone through to actually make sure that they are quality and they are ready for the industry really so i want to say thank you very much for that mr akin today sultan now thank you very much for working with one of our developers <laughs> now um the main talk of the show is to actually talk about the developer community in nigeria and i know this is one of the things you're passionate about to ensure that uh, folks are able to access uh the needed resources to forge ahead and make a career out of themselves so what does it feel like being one of the few who are the forefront of ensuring that developers in nigeria at least to the best of your extent are catered for in terms of uh, hooking them with mentorship devices and then putting them into in the sort of career line what does it feel like to you as a person should i say overwhelming it was amazing to be able to help. It also feels overwhelming being actually, should I say, one that actually has to do a whole lot of work and reaching out. It's, things have been going pretty well sincerely and the community has been really amazing. And one, one cool thing is that you really can do it yourself. So whether you are the forerunner or not, you really still actually can do it yourself. 
but, but the good part is that the community has been really amazing. So, and we have a whole lot of people ahead of me, beside me, that we've been working together, and it's pretty much, pretty much amazing. It's a fair degree, and it's pretty much overwhelming also. I mean, sometimes you would be, you'll be the contact person. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very, I'm a very community person. So you get to interact with a lot of developers in different levels from the junior to the intermediate to the senior levels and and it happens now that i'm now in a food well yeah i'm actually even going to be interacting with should i say the the, the senior company levels and also so it's it's overwhelming and yes i think we're going to dive into it i don't know if there's any specific questions that we could just use to actually point different activities on that particular hand Okay, so actually that sort of brings us to the new adventure you started a few weeks back, and that's Talent QL. Uh, so, Talent QL, what about it? What what is Talent QL? What's what is your role at Talent QL? What does Talent QL do? Let's hear about it from you. Okay, let's see. Talent QL is doing a lot and in a different way. So what I mean by that is Talent QL is not just an hiring company and it's not just an agency, it's not just a startup, it's a community based startup that caters for different aspects of developer life. The whole focus is to make sure that we have developers produce excellence. And this, this is the one of the ways we're going about that is to have a pipeline model that caters for the growth of developers. Meaning we get to actually support developers from the mid-level, from junior level to mid-level and entering into a company. So it's more, so this is going to be like an insider information, but it's more like, let's say, you get the developers, you equip them, start even paying them, and start training them towards entering a certain company. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you So let's say, for instance, now you, the, give, give, me a, give me a company, let's say Google. any company. Okay, let's say Google, for example. You have developers that are going to be uh, in junior level right now, and you want to start training them in, Angular. Yeah, Google owns Angular, right? I think so. Last time I checked. <laughs> I think there's Angular JS and there's Angular and still trying to pinpoint which one exactly belongs to Google. But let's just use Angular as an example. So you try to start training these developers in Angular way. You partner with Google and Google is expecting in a few months' time, you're expecting you to have trained these developers to a certain level so that they could not actually join the team at Google. Meaning you're kind of running like a small internship opportunities for folks that are unable to get internships to actually get that internship from us with the whole goal of immediately you finish this internship you're going to join this company full time so that's one of it there's also a pipeline model that's a pipeline model so there's also we are for international companies then GRG, and there's also the main thing in talent scale which is the talent management Meaning we, we are we are open to build a city of amazing developers here in Nigeria. Look, just close your eyes and imagine Silicon Valley in Africa here. So we're having different campuses where developers can work with their own companies or other remote companies from our own campuses mm-hmm. and actually have everything taken care of. All they have to do is just our, our best to deliver more and more and they have they probably have nothing else to worry about. So immediately that's the main public school play about talent career actually. Right, and I, I, and I, I'm actually I, I've been seeing a lot about it online, and I felt look, 
if I'm bringing you on the show, man, as well, just talk about it. And thanks for giving us that sort of thing. So, uh, just follow him on Twitter, of course. If you don't follow him yet, I don't know why you're not following him. Uh, so follow him to get more information about that. There are a couple of folks who are also involved. As in, guys I actually look up to in the tech industry in Nigeria. Akbayemi, uh, Adewale. There's some other folks on the team. I can't quite remember their name right now. <sighs> okay, Mr. Sultan. Thanks very much for coming on this podcast. Um, now, we've pretty much talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, but uh, as someone who is like the forefront, one of the forefront people in the tech community in Nigeria, if you wanted to talk to, say, someone who is just starting an industry, say, secondary school, and wants to pursue a career in this okay. industry, what advice, maybe two, three to five points, would you give to such a person such that they can make the right decisions and get to the right place. All right. So, so what what happened was this this I asked a lot of developers last year about how they picked their career field. I mean, I asked folks like Mark, which is the founder of uh, Frontend Masters. I had I had Scott, which is the founder of Scotch.io. I asked. And Scott Ansuma, who is a senior developer at Microsoft, I asked tons and tons and tons of people, and I got I got one major answer: like there is really no right way to come into tech. So, and a lot of these developers came in from one language and ended up focusing on another language. So, what I would advise is make your research. That would really save you a lot of time. Try and understand that tech is wide, and it does not really have to do about coding. And even when asked to do about coding, there are different aspects of tech that requires coding at different levels. Once, once you're able to just read up about that first, I mean, you're a novice, you probably just know that it's just tech and cobots. I would want you to understand that tech is more than building websites and building mobile app. It's just that is just like 10% of what tech is about. Tech is wide. Tech is IoT. Tech is health. Tech is environmental. Tech is a lot of things. So when when you try and take a lot of time to make research, it gives you the perspective of different angles that you could come into tech for. And one important thing, one good thing is that you will be able to actually pick the part that actually interests you, that tickles your fancy. So <laughs> the part that interests you a lot. So I mean, if you're the kind of person that oh you love designs and code, you could now say oh after reading about this, let me kind of be a front-end developer. The kind of person that actually loves robotics and co you know that of course there is a whole house robotics oh i forgot my language there's a whole part of tech that has to do with robotics itself iot there's there's a lot of text. when you make research it gives a perspective and a wider broad view of what exactly it is you're trying to dive into and then the next thing is the course outline so when you when you get when you when you try to pick a, a certain field it's easier if you have a course to follow. So I think the next thing is now looking for the course providers in that certain field. Say, for instance, give me a tech field that you think is not really that common. Scalar. Scalar, exactly. Don't pick Scalar. Whatever it is you do, don't pick Scalar. <laughs> don't pick Scalar. Nobody, nobody likes Scalar any longer. Okay, nice. okay, but I'm just joking like that. But then, but then okay, give, you can give me something to see right. Okay, embedded programming. So when you, when you say, oh, you've read about a lot of stuff and what you feel is really cool for you and you're kind of very much interested in this embedded programming. The next thing is to look out for the platforms that provide courses on embedded programming. 
when you could try and ask online, you could ask people, you could reach out to fellow friends, communities, and co. So when you have a course outline to follow, it kind of saves you a lot of time, sincerely. I mean, when I started my own coding journey, I, I learned PHP first, before learning CSS, before learning HTML. <laughs> That was where I started. And sincerely, I said it once and everybody was like, how come, how come? It's fine because number one, I started on a mobile phone. Number two, PHP was all I needed to learn because I never knew that there was anything for me to learn HTML and CSS. It was more of the options of, this was during the period of popcorn at movie, <laughs> where you had to code online. Exactly. When you had, well, this was the period of .tk. So it was more of you trying to create a social media platform where people can share resources i'm trying to refresh in fact to tweak tweaking as resources right now so that, that was the kind of environment i grew up in and all i needed to do was learn php whenever i need the only time i get to focus on let's say learn html is whenever i just come here to copy so i felt html is very easy to learn it you just have to go there and say oh it's time to screw the table go and copy cdtl yo it's css what color do you want to do is color red okay go and color go and copy i want to play a tab colored from this particular website. That's all. So later on, I actually learned everything from scratch. That was because I had no guidance and I did not follow a particular course. So what I'm saying is when you pick up a field, then you look for a course. If you are opportune to get a mentor, that's amazing. It's not necessary, but it's important. Because there are times that different courses you're trying to follow would have issues or perhaps you're not able to run stores locally and go. When you have human beings to interact with that have passed through the stage before, it kind of makes things really easy. Another thing again is when you've done embedded programming for a very long time and you no longer feel like it, you are free to move to another thing entirely. So whatever you are starting up with is not what you have to end up with. You don't even have to end up with anything. You can always do anything you want to do. As long as it's making your money and you're for free. Yeah, you're happy about that. Again, then you're happy exactly. So it does not there's no perfect tech field. And it does not mean that because you started learning this, you cannot drop it and learn something else. If you started learning this and you're not feeling ten longer, it's okay, leave it and learn something else. Sincerely, you might end up not even writing codes any longer, you'll still be perfect as a developer. You'll still be in the tech ecosystem making amazing changes. So I think I think that it's from my own time. Wow, thanks very much for those words of wisdom coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> so friends. There you have it, Mr. Akinsodis Sultan, giving us all the dishes of Wise Words and all about our dev careers, talents, QL, and the things we've been up to as a developer, his journey, and everything about that. And if you like this episode, please go ahead and share it with your friends because what is the fun of listening to this if people cannot know you actually listen to it? So, till I come your way again, I would like Mr. Sultan to just say goodbye to our listeners. All right, thank you very much. So if you have any questions, you can drop it in the comment section. I would be coming here regularly to check out for questions and answer. I mean, we could have conversations in the comment section definitely. here. So you can just come drop your questions. I would come online, definitely. I'll check and I will reply you and you can have conversations in, in the comment section. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks very thank much. You. Thanks very much. So people, till I come your way again with quite another episode of This Dev Life, which will probably be sometime next year. This is the final episode for the year 2020. So I'll see you in the new year. I've, well, Christmas would have passed by the time you're actually listening to this. But whenever you yeah, listen Jesus to this... Yeah, Jesus is to come to life. <laughs> yeah. Have a very Merry Christmas. Whatever Christmas is the future for you. And a Happy New Year. Goodbye, people. See ya. Stay safe. Use your mask. Yeah. If COVID still exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
podcast for developers by Dara Oladabo. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'll see you in the next episode.